0: What would you do if we poked you in the axiom? The purpose, to ask questions and engage in dialogue about subjects that we call axioms. An axiom, a statement or proposition which is regarded as being established, accepted, or self-evidently true. These are the underpinnings of our thought, our belief, and the ways that we live out our lives. A question, an examination, to determine the validity and or meaning. Dialogue, the process of determination, the process of our examination. Welcome to What Would You Do If We Poked You in the Axiom. We are glad that you are with us. Uh, one more time, my name is Malcolm Fowler. I am the host, and to my left, Thomas Barton, and to my right, Mike Dion. Thank you. Thank you. So we are on, uh, well, ostensibly it's it's episode two, but it's really like episode four, 'cause we had episode one point one, two, and three. So here we are. Here we are. But we're going to tackle our our second subject in in our ongoing quest, uh, in our ongoing dialogue to uh, to break down these axioms, to poke these axioms, these things that that are are fundamentally a part of our lives or are, are fundamental underpinnings of, of our belief and, and how it is that we live out our lives. And that's that's how we're that's how we're uh, coming up with these topics that's how we're how we're we're looking at these things and attacking these things and so today uh we are going to put on the table before us we're going to put on the table the uh, the subject of freedom the subject of freedom what is it uh, what does it look like is it real is it not real uh what does it mean and how does it affect us in our lives? what is freedom what is freedom
1: that's our axiom for today if we just read the definition can we just like call it a day and be done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If only it were so simple, uh, then we wouldn't have anything to do here. Um, no, I don't, I don't think that you can, and this is, we were talking about this before, um, even coming up with a definition of it for me is, is a little bit difficult, a little bit difficult. I think that there are a lot of layers and a lot of nuances to this one.
2: I think we usually think of freedom in terms of uh, lack of restraint. Um, Lack of political restraint, lack of societal restraint, uh,
1: the unfettered human will. I I Googled it. (laughs) Well, read what Google says. (laughs) The the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. That sounds awful <laughs> so what's interesting <laughs> that is that sounds awful
2: <laughs> i'm just gonna say it the greek <laughs> term for uh you know liberty eleutheria uh you know it means that lack of restraint but it also means license or licentiousness
1: like lic- licentiousness in, in a negative connotation N- i or mean it could be a negative but just to have the license to act like i have the license to drive right um which really just means that you're authorized for something, though. Right. Right. It doesn't mean that I always should. Is that what you're getting at? Well... Or are you yeah. saying that I just suck at driving?
0: No. No. Well, I mean, that may be
1: another, another question, another <laughs> topic. But,
0: um, the, well, I think you just said it. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that you always should, right? Like, there are situations in your life that may come up where you might not be
1: might not be fit to. Yeah. I mean... Aside from like some of the obvious things, like you probably shouldn't drive while you're drinking, but uh, you that's know, a restraint. That's that is a restraint. <laughs> but you but you have a license, so you can you have restraints on a license. Who gives you? the license? sure we do. Sure we do. Yeah, we've got restraints on licenses.
0: You can only drive certain vehicles. You have you wear you wear eyeglasses.
1: I do. It's. Not required on my license yet. I keep narrowly dodging the. Uh... Okay, so <laughs> are, should you honestly
0: con- continue to
1: narrowly dodge? <laughs> I mean, I wear them all the time.
0: We we agree but, that yeah. we agree that that driving probably shouldn't be done under the circumstances where you've had uh, an intoxicating amount of alcohol, because you now pose a danger to yourself and to others. So,
2: do you have? You're free to do anything that you're willing to accept the consequences for. Not that I'm uh, proposing. <laughs> you get wasted and Con- drive. Constant listener,
0: saying. we're not. We're not proposing that you that you go and drink and drive. Please, <laughs> don't do that.
2: <laughs> so I think you know the absence of
0: restraint. Hold on, the absence because of restraint. Because okay. the absence of restraint, I think, is is the problem when I think of freedom. It is. It is. I think freedom is flawed. I, I'm just going to say it. I think that. I think that freedom is a is a concept that has a purity to it, but I think that it's flawed. And I'm going to venture to say that I think that the flaw in it is when it gets practiced.
1: <laughs> so, so the, the human element, <laughs> so the human. So
0: you and I are the flaw in freedom. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And on all of the things that we create and all the things that we build and all of the, well, just like just in talking about the, uh, about the driving thing, right? Like, Okay, so we 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 give you a certain amount of freedom, right? But like it's not unfettered. Right. So do you want to call that a flaw or do you want to call that a
1: balance? I mean, I like the word balance. I don't, you look like you're going to say something, so I I'm just going to shut up. No.
0: Yeah, I totally interrupted him, so.
1: That's <laughs> no, fine.
2: I'm not a fan of the state, so I'm not the right person. That no, that you're has. not. <laughs> 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 well, but the state does come into it. I think Maybe that maybe that's a good starting point. Though. Okay, yeah, that that is a good starting point. So we need I, I agree, we need some type of boundaries for things. And I guess you know so right from the beginning we're we're,
0: we're basically admitting like no freedom's a bad thing. No, I just said like we need we need boundaries.
2: But it's okay. We're going to get this like just up and roaring right away. Um <laughs> let's go for it. <laughs> so we're here for another three episodes. If anyways, you don't so. have boundaries, right? And you practice the unfettered you know your unfettered will, unrestrained human will, how quickly do you then enslave yourself to human passions or somebody else or somebody else to your to your passions but let's let's like let's take it back a little bit like okay. and try to like get to that place so <laughs> the things that you mentioned, Mike like freedom of speech, you know all that stuff, like when we think about in America, a standard you know definition of boundaries on freedom. That I hear all the time is, you know, I'm free, like my freedoms end where your freedoms begin. Like I don't get to infringe upon your liberty for the sake of mine, right? I mean, that sounds reasonable. Have we all? Like, have you heard that before? Have you heard that? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, no, no. We've heard we've heard that before. But I think I think that that so, so that only works if some sense of where freedom comes from, right? Like if freedom comes from comes from the individual, then it's appropriate to say that on, on, on one level, right? Because you're basically saying like, I'm free within the boundaries of my own life, right? As opposed to like your that sense of freedom comes from some other place, right? And I think that that is one of the reasons why maybe it's good to start with with the state is because ostensibly or at least you know the assumption in is in our in our american founding documents that there are these what are what are called inalienable rights right that these are things that are basic fundamental rights to every human they're not ones that are given by the state but they're ones to be guaranteed by the state right who gave
2: them to us uh,
0: exactly <laughs> exactly and that's the and, but that's the question right like where and i think that that's the that's the thing. That's the thing that's pure, I think, about freedom. But the flaw in it comes in the practice of it. I think, and I think that I think that every practice of freedom in in our world has been
2: flawed. Well, when, if we first of all, how do we view freedom? Like is freedom and because how we view it is going to be how we practice it. So is freedom merely, merely a material condition or is there something more to it than that? Because if it's only a material condition, I mean
1: well,
2: it's material meaning like the I'm not physically f- bound.
1: I'm, yeah, yeah like I'm not the physically cer- bound. the circumstances
2: of your life. Can I do what I want without, you know, someone stopping me as long as I'm not hurting other people? Again, no. I mean, you can't fly. I can't fly. I am not free to fly.
0: No. You're free to try <laughs>
1: <laughs> and accept those consequences. I mean, 3D <laughs> that, print yourself some contraption and uh, get out there. And, <laughs> Icarus? <laughs> yeah. I. This is why it's... It's, it's a tough one to it is. to really nail down. Cause, I mean, you've got like physical freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I would say is even a little bit different than like a permissive freedom that like you're free to w- one, you can walk out the door like you, you physically have the freedom to just leave Yeah. but then also like permissive or li- license, whatever like you are free to do certain things that are, are not about like where you are bound in time and space like you are free to go on the internet and say I am a mushroom it would be weird for you to do that but you could do it and then you've got, like, a metaphysical freedom that, you know, we've kind of touched on in the show Warm Up or whatever you want to call it, where, you know, it's – you're like – are, are your fears holding you bondage? Are your uh, anxieties and things – are those things holding you bondage? Are you – you know, like Thomas had brought up uh, fear of death at one point in an earlier conversation. Like, all of those – that's, like, such a broad spectrum where, like, the state is – I would say, granting us a physical, assumed physical freedom based on the rights, which is, is even, again, a little bit different than a lack of restraint. It's we recognize you have certain rights and we're going to uphold those rights versus I am unrestrained and can do whatever I want. Like there's, there's just this big pile of nasty spiderwebby kind of mess when you start trying to pick through all of this. Yeah, and it's, and
0: it's stuff that... Um... I think, it, I think it's constantly being worked out. Mm. I think it's constantly being figured out. Like like you were talking about, Thomas, with the, you know, where my, my freedoms end, where your freedoms begin, right? Is that, that basically how you had said it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's, that's something that you have to work out, right? Like, um, so, <laughs> you know, that comes into play with like neighbors, right? Like you have a fence. It's just like one neighbor wants to grow something on one side of the fence, but it like overhangs onto the other side of the fence. And the other neighbor doesn't like it because the leaves now, you know, the leaves of the tree now fall on there. So it's like, well, but the tree's on my side of the fence. It's like, yeah, but the leaves fall on my side of the fence. So you're free to grow that tree. Where'd the roots go? That's a good point. Yeah. That's well, and then, but even that, that, but, but that, that becomes like a, that can become and there. I'm sure that there's a legal case somewhere where. Somebody's foundation was damaged by a tree that was growing on somebody else's property and they sued their neighbor because their tree, because their neighbor's tree damaged the the roots of their property. And and so it's like, well, you know, you're free to have that tree, but, you know, you've got to accept the the consequences once again.
2: And in all this, too, we're also talking about freedom as being intimately linked to individualism.
0: That's a very good point.
2: Like we're, we're looking at like as us as I, autonomous beings.
0: I don't know that. At least in our world today, it is linked to individualism. It is linked to our individualistic self. Right? Um, we're all married. I I I would argue that that is a a good restraint upon
1: our freedom. I thought you were going to say form of bondage. No, that's <laughs> like well, oh man, don't let your wife listen to this. Well, <laughs> I mean. Bond, in some ways, it really is in,
0: bondage in, bondage in a good way, right? Right, in a like As in, I, I am bound this. to this yes, other yes, person. Yes, exactly. It's like I have chosen this restraint. I have chosen this, like to thee. I will give. On, I will give myself only to thee. Right. Like I will forsake right. all others and give myself only to you. Right. That's. I mean, that is a form of like self restraint, and so it is. But in that, I think that I think that there is also a, a great freedom there because because now you are saying. You have this one person that you will be dedicated to, and you will be, you will be open with them. You will be, in a mm-hmm. sense, completely free with them about who you are. And I think that when, when marriages break down, or you know, when there's something in there that, um, that, 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 that hasn't crossed that boundary, right? That hasn't mm-hmm. crossed that boundary into that freedom. It's like there's a there's a there's a level of like this has been this has been held back, and so yeah. like the, the, there's not a union there that usually to me at least it seems like that's when that's when those you know that deep relationship begins to break
2: so it's interesting that you bring that up because you know you talk to uh you talk to monastics or read about people who have taken on the monastic life um obedience is the key uh like virtue there for the monastics being obedient to you know monastic authority, their spiritual father, their habit
0: to the rule of life.
2: Yeah. To the rule of life. Mm. And in that obedience, they find true freedom. (laughs) You know, it's, so we get, we get these like two, and maybe that's a good way to like, kind of like look at these two different ideas, right? Freedom as, you know, the unfettered will and freedom as, you know, the directed will towards some higher purpose like marriage is a higher purpose. I mean at least it is f- for me. I think it, it used to be looked at that way, <laughs> you know, traditionally people thought no, no, like, no, I
0: think I think you're right. I think it is a higher I think it is a higher calling. Maybe we don't all realize it, but we all well, I mean we, you know, those who are married I think there's something to that.
2: I mean what we're bumping up against here is cuz we're t- like trying to just and, you know, to whoever's listening, we'll be more organized with part two of this, which will surely come. <laughs> but, like, just Don't guarantee to, things that we can't. Okay, yeah, sorry. No, we might be more disorganized. Uh, I feel like we're just trying to, like, vomit out all these different thoughts because—
0: Well, let's come, let's come back to that definition because that's, that's, you know, that's how we want to approach this. We want to, like, try and define this thing and then break it down, right? So, like, let's go back to that definition of uh, how was it that you, that you had read it, Mike? Because that's
2: like the axiom, at least the American axiom.
0: So like well, that could be a
2: starting point there.
0: It's true. And, and I guess that's something that I was like, I, we can't completely avoid it. But I, what I don't want us to do is just, you know, to end up with like some sort of, American triumphalism of like you know our version of freedom is is the right one or the you best You don't got to worry about that with me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know we I know we don't. Well, we probably don't have to worry about that with any of us and and hopefully not with with too many of our listeners but um okay so freedom mike I think you read this the power or right to act speak or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Yeah. Now there and and, and this is again like where the definition can be expansive because then you get into, there's another one here, um, absence of subjection to foreign domination or despotic government, right? So there's like a, a state level, um, the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. That's, an, that's interesting. It's a, it's a broad spectrum. It is. It is. The power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants, without hindrance or restraint. So, could we could we take that and say, the power or the power or right, what to live your life?
1: I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess I see. There's, there's the, your act is how you're living your life. What are the actions you're doing? Yeah. Well, I'm um, oh, sorry, go. I'm Well, I mean, speaking is uh, expression. Right, so you you can express your views uh, without somebody stopping you, uh, and you can think what you want. You know, like it's not nineteen eighty four with you know you better get your thoughts in line. Mm. Uh, you're free to have, <clears throat> you're you're free to think the way that you want to think. Uh, and you know as we dive more towards like authoritarianism on either side, uh, we are less free to think the way that we want to think because if you don't line up with the group, then yeah, you, there's some restraint there, but it's, it's all external. And I think that might be the key word that's missing from this is from external restraint.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: From external forces.
2: So I had this, this interesting conversation with, uh, the cashier yesterday when I was getting groceries, um, this young guy who, you know, we talk sometimes, And um, as he's wanting to do, he's talking about how crazy the world is. And he said, well, at least we're woke. And I said, well, I'm not woke. And uh, he said, well, I kind of have to be, you know, with my – it's a requirement for my generation. I said, well, if it's a requirement, then you're not free Hmm. to choose otherwise, right? Hmm. And he kind of paused and he looked at me. He's like, well, yeah, I guess guess not. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's the perfect idea or a perfect, uh, perfect example, Like his thought is restrained by the generational circumstance in which he finds himself.
1: Mm.
2: And now if I look back on my life, though, when I was at his age, he's got to be like 18, 19. I probably, well, actually, I was, <laughs> I was actually uh, physically restrained when I was 18, 19. <laughs> but I would have probably fallen into that same trap, and I would hazard that all of us did. Oh absolutely. And this is and
0: again, like coming back to <laughs> coming back to what I said, like I don't I don't think that I don't think that we have like that real pure true freedom. At least not at least I don't think that the world gives that to us. Because Mike, you had you would said about external, right? That if you are <laughs> You're born into an environment. You're born into, into, into a generation. You're born into a society, into a culture. All those things immediately provide restraint for you. And we would be willing to, to say, I'm sure, because we're all parents here, one of our jobs as parents is to restrain our, the freedom of our children at times, right? And, and, and that is, let's face it, like that's the biggest th- argument that we have with any of our kids, that our kids want to do this and we're like, no, you can't do that because that would be harmful, it wouldn't be good for you, it would be dangerous, it would be, you know, any number of things.
2: I think the problem is, you know, let's leave aside like the policing of thought for a minute, which is unfortunate in whatever way it, it happens. But the reason for the restraint, say, on your children is like you're trying to help them flourish. Right? Like, yeah. I'm restraining... Like, You're not free to eat candy all day long, because your teeth will rot out of your skull, and you'll get diabetes, and you'll have a horrible short life. So I'm sorry, you don't get to do that. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like when you're growing tomatoes, you got to stick a post in the ground. That tomato can't just grow wherever it wants, because it's just going to rot into the earth. You have to, you know, has to. You have to train it up the post. The vine. The vine up the post, yeah. And that's kind of what like certain restraints have supposed to be. They're supposed to be that for human flourishing. We restrain certain things so that we can actually fl- flourish and there have a greater freedom of you know being freedom inside of ourselves. But what we see now is, uh, well, you know, we see bludgeons instead of, of instead of those, those guideposts mm-hmm. and we are building, you know, cages around our minds. So like that, that, that 19 year old cashier has to be woke, you know, a guy, you know, well, the thing is,
0: and the funny thing is, because I kind of, I mean, I know that the term is one that has become popular. Woke, woke has become a popular term and it, and it it gets associated with a number of different things. But I think, you know, if you kind of think about what the idea of it is, right? Like that your, your mind gets like sort of opened, Right, to I want to be awake? Yeah, yeah. I I think that in some way, like like you increased that cashier's wokeness. <laughs> God,
2: God, help me!
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like like you, like you said, like you, you so you said it. You know, it's just like well, you know, if it's required, then it's not really you're really you're not really free to be woke, are you? And he's like, oh, I'm like I guess so. So it's like like there was a piece of him that got woke that day. That like if I really want to be. I really want to be woke. Like I've got I've to be able to identify the things that are, that are being put on me or that are, being
2: sh- that are shackling me. So maybe this is another way into the freedom here definition. like Conscious choice. <laughs> not, not unconscious reaction, mm-hmm. but actual conscious choice.
0: Yeah. Which we, we don't do as much of it as we think we do.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No argument there.
0: Well, I think with I think that we like to have this impression of ourselves as these rational well-thought-out creatures, but the but when you look at actual when you look at the studies of like decision making and 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 thought patterns and things like that, we operate far more from learned patterns of behavior than we do from from just a um you know weighing and measuring every thought and every word and every, every decision and every action that we
2: make. That's like so, rule number one of marketing. People aren't rational. Oh, you, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even sure reasons all it's cracked up to be, but that's a different podcast. Well, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, no. So like, this is like stumbling across like the area of biological determinism, you know, which Sam Harris talks about is like, I don't know. I don't know but sorry. if you have,
0: <laughs> he's our hero.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But
0: he's an atheist. He's a he's a he's part of a a, I mean, he's a is he a professor?
2: Is that what he is? Yeah, he's something. I mean, he's an extremely intelligent guy. I'm not.
0: Oh, no, no, no. I'm not. I don't want to, like, like put the man down. But I mean, you know, he's he's an atheist. He's he's somebody who thinks that he's a um, and he's a scientist. And and so he would he would argue and he has um, in a number of different uh, places and platforms and different things uh, that um, we don't need we don't need religion. That, that science can give us all the moral underpinnings of our world.
2: Well, I've, I've, I want and that's to, a very, very simplistic... Go ahead. Go well, ahead, I want to bring up his idea because he doesn't believe that we have free will. And, and there's a lot of other, you know, biologists, neurologists, other type of materialist philosophers. Daniel Dennett, who would also say we don't have free will. I mean, Daniel Dennett, I think, takes it as far as we don't have the real consciousness uh, that we think we do because of the chemical structures in our brain. But anyways... The biological determinant biological determinist view is well, you have all these things going on inside your mind that you have no control over. And they dictate so much of what you think and feel, they dictate how you act. And then you have all of, you know, those patterns and behaviors that you've grown into that you also did not choose. So at what point can we actually say we have free will? And therefore, how could we ever say we had real freedom if we don't have free will? And it's yeah. – it's, I don't agree with it, but it's a hell of yeah. an argument because – I mean, it's true. Look around you. So much of who we are has not – Then, because of conscious choice, but simply are reacting to the environments that we grew up with and whatever uh, genetic predispositions we
1: were born with. (laughs) What made you that way? Trauma. (laughs) Trauma. (laughs) Uh, even, Even that though, like, I mean, we have leaving out any sort of spiritual transformation, like just like cognitive behavioral therapy where I say, I recognize I have these patterns, but I want different patterns. And so I'm going to put in this work to create different patterns in my life like i'm recognizing those systems that control it and i'm working to make adjustments though it's hard i can't just sit here and be like i'm not going to get angry about stuff anymore kids running in the house this is great but you know like i could through much practice create that response i mean Arguably. You could create
0: it more often than maybe it happens now,
1: yeah, yeah, I guess that's I couldn't like I don't know that you get could to the point where I yeah, where yeah just be I don't like, know that you could completely stamp out that response, I love running in the house, guys, let's go for a jog through the living room, <laughs> but there is still
0: i mean in there, yeah, like I mean, you can put up with it right for a certain amount of time, um but you but you also there is a there is a good um restraint that comes in there because, because while you're willing to, while you're willing to, um, you know, uh, to say like, I don't need to have this response all the time. And then the times that you do have that response, you go, yeah, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like kill you
1: (laughs) because
0: you're my children, right? Like, like, I just need you to stop this. I don't need you to, you know, and I, and maybe that sounds like a rational thing. Like, yeah, like a parent shouldn't kill their child. Like, no, of course not. But you know, well, why? Because next week's axiom, parents shouldn't kill their children. (laughs) I guess what I mean is that like, is there, is there a chemical response towards love Mm. that you have towards your children? There is. I I was hoping that you would. (laughs) (laughs) Actually. (laughs) (laughs) But so, so in that sense, like, like even, even in our, in our biological responses, right? Like there can be, there can be those good things that end up restraining us, that end up guiding us, right? So I don't know if we want to chalk that one up to the biological determinist and say like, oh, good job. Like you figured that out, you know. But, um, but there is something
2: there. When well, we also overcome or control biological determinist responses all the time. I some mean, of us do. Some of us. <laughs> some of us you do. Know, I mean <laughs> – Male arousal is telling you to go get something pregnant, and
0: I don't know if it's that or if it's just telling you to. I'm
2: mean, pretty sure, like evolutionary, it's, like, there's one reason for it.
0: I don't know if it's so much that or if it's just so much like the the pleasure that is found therein.
2: Yeah. Well, regardless, the pleasure is there. The,
0: well, because there's plenty. There's plenty of.
2: <laughs> We're gonna let's let's keep this PG, okay? I'm trying. I really am. I really um, am. Um, but no, like I, you know, that's a tongue in cheek. You know, I've been a little glib there. But, like, we get angry, and we do want to, like, destroy something. And that's a primitive part of our brain. That's, mm-hmm. that's you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's there for defense reasons. And we control it. We don't go out and break that thing. Or we don't go out and, you know, having an affair, right, when we could. Right. I mean, some of us don't. We have examples of humans who are able to overcome, you know, deep-seated primal instincts. And then you have, on the other hand, you have, you know, Buddhist monks who can raise their body temperature by meditating. I mean, like, that's controlling a biological response.
1: What like. are they determined to do? That? <laughs>
2: <Sorry>. <laughs> they were old. John Calvin would say. <laughs>
0: Let's, um, let's come back to that, to our working definition here. That it's the absence or the, not the, ab, see, again, like it's so, it's such a difficult thing to pin down. Um,
2: I don't think that definition is even freedom, not real freedom. It's just license, which I know, you know, we talked about, you know, the Greek definition of the word.
0: So... I guess what I would say is I would say that I think that there is some like some pure sense of it right and 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 with that with that definition to your point of saying like it it, it is very individualistic like the way that we've been thinking about this is very individualistic um, and that's an aspect of it I think that as we as we continue to examine it is is something that we need to tackle um, but It is very individualistic. So is there a pure, like, freedom that exists? So in the sense that with our last topic with truth that we were talking about, like, what is there some, I think the word you would use was metaphysical, right? Is there a metaphysical freedom? Can we talk about it like that?
2: I mean, I think if we analyze freedom on purely materialistic conditions, the only conclusion we could come to is that freedom doesn't exist. I think, has to, I, think, I think freedom has to. I think think freedom has to have um, a metaphysical principle behind it. I think the founders of this country realized that as well, which is why they wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution the way they did, because the government was not the guarantor of rights; it was only the ones that was going. You know, it wasn't were, the giver of that. It wasn't it the was, giver it it was of the, the one, rights. It was yes.
0: simply there to guarantee that was, they were able to be held by right. those.
2: And the giver of rights was, you know, God. They're not <laughs> and for most of the founders there's probably had very different views of that. But what they there was a source there's a giver of freedom, you know, and they were inherent to our nature as human beings. So I mean that's a metaphysical principle right there. That's a theological principle, actually.
0: I think that we I think that we desperately need freedom and i think that we as i think that we de- desperately need freedom from in order to to think of ourselves even as beings and i think that that's the problem that i come to when i when i come across you know the biological determinists when i come across that idea because in order just to think of myself as like as a being that exists I think that I need. think I need that freedom, because otherwise I become I become some slave of something, right? Like I, I I either become a slave of my own my own biological urges, my own my own will, as in that definition that you had read, Mike, right? That I'm just free to act however I want, right? So I become so, some sort of slave to my passions, or in a creationist sense, in a in a in a divine creationist sense. Um, Do I just become some sort of automaton? Do I just become some sort of puppet where there's a a creator who's simply pulling my strings, right? So I need, I think I desperately need
2: freedom. We need to view ourselves as conscious agents. Conscious agents. Agents of what? Just, I mean, (laughs) conscious actors,
0: Actors. conscious
1: beings. Okay, okay, yeah. So so we're conscious actors who are always running into some form of – I'm going to leave restraint and say maybe boundary. Is that – We can live with that. Fair. I, okay. Um, but boundaries from everything from physical to metaphysical to – Moral. Moral, theological, logical, like – I, we we – I can't – I've been sitting here trying to conceive of a world without boundaries, and I I can't. Like hmm. like I, I can't comprehend a world where you and I are the same. Like I can't tell where I end and you begin. I can't comprehend mm-hmm. a world where like if I were able to do anything that I wanted, anytime that I wanted, all the time, and – did those things, that I wouldn't then end up being a slave to those things and vice versa where if I did the things that I thought were good and moral, I don't then become bound by what I believe to be good and moral. I I just – I can't make that world exist where I'm not bound to something. So maybe freedom is the – like you're saying conscious – we're conscious actors. Are we free to choose what we bind ourselves to? Is that a better look at that?
0: I like that idea, free to choose what we bind ourselves to. And I think that that comes comes to, like, your conversation with the cashier, you know? That, like, there was a moment that he had where he was like, oh, like, I have to be bound to this idea of wokeness because it's required for my generation, (laughs) which is very perceptive of him. Like, let's give him credit in that, right? Like, that was very, very perceptive of him to say, like, like that's something that, that is inherent to my to my generation, right? And so, so it was a it was it was good, right? In the sense that he recognized it.
2: He's a what smart he, kid. Whoever listens to this, <laughs> I, I actually like him.
0: But what what he does with it is is in, is another thing entirely. And so, Mike, to, to sort of come to you, back to your thing, I, I think that that's I like that idea of can I choose what I am bound to
1: they're they're in like, you know, prison. You're not choosing what you're bound to. Mm. I think that's so that's the role of the state
2: as the guarantor of rights is to allow you to make the choice, you know, up to a certain extent, obviously. Which like paradoxically, you actually have to bind yourself to, <laughs> to the state. <laughs> to the state in yeah. a way, or like Could at least the citizen. principle, well, at least the principle that runs the state, right? Like the principle like okay, all men are created equal. So, you know, I don't get to force. The use of force cannot be used for the imposition of my beliefs on others. Nor should I expect to have the use of force impose someone else's belief upon me up to the point where... What is force? (laughs) Violence. Okay, but there's also... Whenever there's a gun involved.
0: (laughs) That's, that's, I don't think that we would disagree min, about at that. At the bare minimum, I don't think like, that we would disagree. I'm, yeah. I, I'm saying, well, I think that that's <laughs> at the bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Like like a baseline. There's a gun involved. Okay, so like yeah, there could like be like on the top different of, extremes on the top of on the top of that force because there's a lot of different ways that you could force somebody,
2: right? Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, like you could be very persuasive about something. That's true. You can see that, in – um, I, don't know, well, I mean, look at like cancel culture. Right? Like, oh, you're not following in line. And so somebody's livelihood has been threatened. With this thing, like you don't believe, you know, yeah. the new insanity that we invented last week. Yeah. So, And we have a very deep-seated need to be liked by other people. Well, and also no one, I mean, that'd be too big of a rabbit trail. Yeah, we have a deep-seated need to be liked. And <laughs> and no one... And no That was one, an amazing <laughs> amount of restraint that was just... <laughs>
1: He is not free. Thank you. (laughs) Actually,
2: (laughs) I'm free to choose not to say that thing. Thank you. Uh, um, Yeah, it's a lot of different ways. I mean, cultural pressure, peer pressure. But I think like this – what the state does is says, okay, you know, we're going to have like as big as a common ground as we can make. And, you know, we're going to try to make that basically like shared humanity, right? And the fact that you more or less can, can, can speak as you want to speak and, you know, you can, you can write what you want to write, things like that. You know, the, you know, the Bill of Rights. And we're going to kind of use that, you know, to have all these different beliefs come together, which is the genius of America. However much it has failed to live up to those ideals, the ideal that, you know, people of differing beliefs can live together in the same geographical area without killing each other, as long as they respect their shared humanity and equality because of that, that's genius.
0: That should be, we need that as an audio cut. of Just Thomas going, the genius of America. Right. <laughs> that's you know, the genius of America.
2: Yeah, and it is. I mean, and I agree with that ideal. We should be able to live together without killing each other just because we believe differently. But if that starts eroding, right, if now I'm like, oh, you are on the other side of the aisle from me. So, you know what? You don't get to speak. Well, we can see where that leads to because it's happening right now all around us. And not only do you not get to speak, but because I think you don't get to speak, I don't have to listen to you, which means you and I can't have a conversation.
0: And so. Well, it's interesting that. Use of force it's interesting right like you have a you have a freedom freedom of speech right but there's no there's no other side to that which is to be to be heard right so so hang on hang on because i think this is sort of maybe an example of 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 like how freedom gets worked out right like like you can you can speak those things right like you can speak that message whatever it might be in the in in, in the in the in the culture and the state and the society that we live in. Right. Um, but there's nothing, there's nothing that says that anybody needs to give you any credence, right? No. So your freedom, I don't know. Is that one of those places where it's like your freedom ends where mine begins? Right. So I have a freedom to not listen to you.
2: Yeah. yeah I have the right to speak, but I don't have the right for anyone to hear me.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the state's not a big dad sitting at the table going, "Hey, hey, shut up! It's your brother's turn to talk." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what we have parliamentary procedures for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I so hear move that.
2: Um, I mean,
0: so hang on, because we we're we, we, we're getting into the into the state into the into the state as the as the the the. What what, what what did we say the the, the guarantor of those of those freedoms right?
2: Um, At least it's supposed to be you know the defender of those freedoms. Yeah, I'm just. I, I <laughs> it's not. I mean, I'm not saying it is. <laughs> it is to some, It is on some of them.
0: It is on some of them, and and I think that that's probably the the thing that is most troubling about it for so many people right now is that they don't feel like. They don't feel like the state has, has or, or is willing to willing to guarantee their, their freedom, right?
2: It's because we look at freedom in our narrow ideological confines.
1: <laughs> I mean – I want to be able to do my thing and if my thing, if my beliefs are outside of what you refer to as like the common – what did you say? The the common the, humanity. Com, the common humanity. If, if my stuff is outside of that, uh, let's say I don't want to serve uh, LGBT community at in, in my establishment. That, that is outside of that common humanity at this point. Like the state would call that discrimination. And now you have a tension because people who believe that they shouldn't serve those people are saying, well, this is a moral piece. And the state and a large part of our culture is saying – No, that is a moral thing, but you're on the wrong side of it. Uh, You know, like, you can't just not serve people because you don't agree with other choices that they've made within the confines of their freedom, which, I mean, makes sense, right? Like, but you have this, like, this collapsing of what is that common humanity, and when we're outside of it – I mean, this is a really dangerous example that's, like, going (laughs) to – I don't know. Faces, but uh, you know, like, and I guess I should say, like, I'm, I, I will generally like, there, there are websites I will not make, but it's not on those, that's not on those terms. It's like I'm not making adult websites because that's not on brand for our company, and my wife would have a real hard time with me like making those websites all the time, and I'm bound to her more than I'm bound to my business. So, uh, but, anyways there's a collapsing there i think where where we are all in different spaces where like there's the overlap you're calling the common humanity but it's a venn diagram Mm. in reality and we're not necessarily comfortable anymore with where the venn diagram truly lands like some of my things are outside of that common humanity and i either have to acknowledge hey you know I'm outside the common humanity in, in this belief and so I'm not going to expect that culture is going to embrace this or I have to try to force culture to embrace that and move the Venn diagram back into my common beliefs. I don't think that we have a
0: problem with freedom in the sense of like what it is that you can or you can't do in, in a common humanity way. I think that we have a problem with freedom when we begin to call things good or when we begin to call things bad. Is freedom actually a discussion about what's good and bad? I think so. I think I think the practical aspect of it is I think that like when it gets worked out I think it is because I think that that's ultimately uh becomes the becomes the restraint becomes the boundary, right? That that we put upon upon any of our freedom to say like this is good and this is bad.
2: The state is supposed to restrain human evil too. Not only is it supposed to guarantee the rights given to you by God. Again, talking, you know, just read the Declaration of Independence, the language, you know. But it's supposed to also, I mean, deter evil, bad behavior, right? The, you know, the authorities wields the sword for a reason.
1: So the more we are diverse in what we believe to be good and evil, the more that commonality begins to erode.
2: And therefore, the more authoritarian the state becomes.
1: Mm.
0: Which... Like I was saying before we started, the unfortunate thing about freedom is, is that I think that it tends to end up in oppression. Yeah. I think it's, it's a, (laughs) I don't know if it's like a circle and it's like real quickly goes from like freedom, 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 oppression.
2: I think that's that's the, (laughs) that's the paradox of it, right? Because the more freedom you have, the more license you have, but the more license you have, the more enslaved To that license you become, your ability to do whatever. Therefore, the more evil grows, and therefore the state has to grow in proportion to that human evil in order to crush it. This is why our and then tax tax
0: code is four thousand pages long. Right. And then like (laughs) it every
2: and then it just it keeps it's just now it's a symbiotic relationship, right? It's just some evil parasitical thing where, you know. I have license to do this, it's going to be abused. Therefore, there's going to be laws to rein that in. And therefore, there's going to be more law enforcement and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you're going to have, you know, warring factions about the good. And so you're going to have two parties ripping each other apart. And they're each going to want to encroach upon the freedoms of the others until no one has anything left.
1: And it's not anybody uh, I'm still driving. Filled with hope. But I with something. <laughs> It's it's not anybody driving this agenda that is we want to destroy it's it's always we want to preserve and that that drive to preserve the freedom of a particular group. Well I think it's also just like the result of unfettered human nature.
0: Yeah. Could I could I interject a thought, like at least with the at least with the the breaking down of it and everything? And and maybe this is something to to, to sort of tackle at, at you know in a, in another episode or later on. But um, I think that f- freedom it, it's got to be fought for, and I, and I don't I'm not you know it's, it isn't free. It, it, thank you. <laughs> freedom isn't free. Gosh, uh, I was trying so hard. Um. I think it I think it has to be fought for, and I think it has to be struggled for, and I think that that. You kind of brought it up, Mike, when you were saying like trying to preserve something for like a group or mm-hmm. for like our people, right? Like you know, it, 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 so they're trying to fight for that freedom, right? And I think that that's something that, as much as our as as much as our founding documents talk about the talk about th- these types of freedoms being being inherent to who we are as people, being God given, being. Um, inalienable rights, and those types of that type of language, right? I think that there's something something within us that that in order for freedom to to really mean something, I think that we have to struggle for it
1: I, I, think, s- that, I think that we want to fight for it. What if we flipped it on its head and we sacrificed for it instead? Oh sorry. <laughs> I'm, or, like, what if, what if instead of fighting for my freedom mm. so that it meant something, mm-hmm. I fought for your freedom?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What if instead of fighting against having to serve L- the LGBT community, I fought for respect and dignity and their freedom for them? Would it be even more meaningful? Or would it rob it of its meaning? Or would right. it just not matter? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um Would there, would freedom be even more meaningful? I think, no, I don't, I don't, how do I think about it? I think that that's something that we should on, on some level, right? Like on some level, yes, I want to be a respecter of, of, of people's personhood, right? Right. And so... I can hold that, like, okay, you know, you have a right to be a person, to exist as you, right?
1: <laughs> Thank you for that, right? I well, appreciate it. I, <laughs> I really hated being a frog. Well,
0: I, I guess okay. So it's it's taken me a minute here, and, and I'm sure that Thomas is chomping at the bit over here. But um, uh, I'm trying not to look in his his direction right now because it'll just it'll sidetrack me. But um, <laughs> What you just said, I think, is something that is, is, is inherent to at least our nation state of, of America existing, that if we're not willing to do stuff like that, then it, it begins to break down.
1: I, I think that that's, and I kind of coming back to having, so we're filming, filming, we're not filming. Uh, we were recording this shortly after the 4th of July, and there's so much talk about like the sacrifices that were made for our freedom.
0: Oh, yeah. We love to talk about that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then when we talk about freedom comes with a price, it often like is in fighting words. You know, it's like we're gearing up. Freedom comes with a price. You know, we've got to fight for our freedom. In, in reality, what we're, what we just tried to honor was that these guys sacrificed their freedom for us. They sacrificed their freedom so we could have freedom. And, if,
0: well, we like the idea of somebody else sacrificing.
1: Right, maybe, right.
0: Maybe that's where you're well,
1: going. Well, I, I guess I'm. what I'm going after is the the freedom fighters, I, this imaginary group of freedom fighters. It's Sonic the Hedgehog, right, and his freedom fighter team from the cartoon when we were kids. They're the best freedom fighters. It was Jaleel White who was the voice of Sonic. Was fighter it really? White. Oh, yeah. It was, you don't realize it until you're an adult and you watch and you're like, oh, my gosh. Anyways. Going back – I mean the cartoons, not the new movies. I figured, yeah. um, So going back to that, like the the people who are fighting for freedom – Steve Urkel. Oh, Steve. Steve Urkel. Yeah, yeah. No, no. no I, just, I saw the look. I mean, <laughs> I know who Jaleel White is. Thank you. If, <laughs> you, you guys are going to pull your philosophers out. I got to pull mine out. It, um, <laughs> it was more like the surprise that I was just like, "Wow, I can't believe this rabbit trail is where we've ended up." <laughs> I should have known. It's it, once I start talking, it's all over. Um, freedom fighters, though. Like, if we're if we're fighting for freedom, are we actually fighting for oppression?
0: Yeah. mm Hmm.
1: I hear you it if we're sacrificing for freedom now we're actually fighting for freedom. It depends on your definition well that's fair <laughs> I guess what if we're sacrificing for somebody else's freedom, then we are sacrificing for the purpose of the greater common good or common humanity's freedom
2: i mean that's i mean that's to me like that's the Bill of rights right like they're generic enough where it doesn't matter what you're it doesn't really matter. You know, what are you going to use your free speech for? Are you going to okay. preach Christ? Are you going to, you know, are you going to talk about Muhammad? Are you going to, you know, talk about atheism?
0: You're going to talk about racism. You're going to talk
2: about racism. What? It, it, like, are you, you going to
0: yell fire in a crowded theater, right, which you, you don't have a right to do?
2: <sighs> what are you, you know, what are you going to use your speech? Like, it doesn't really talk about what you're going to use your speech for. You just have freedom of speech, right. freedom of press. doesn't matter. You know, are you going to be playboy? Or are you going to be the New York times Right. The freedom of religion, again. So it's, it's supposed to be generic enough to cover a bunch of overarching belief systems as long as we hold to that thing that we are all free to live our lives you know, the way we see fit up to a certain point of hurting others, the use of force, etc. We do not have that anymore in this country. People are willing to fight for the freedom of the LGBT community or they're willing to fight for the freedom of the Christian community. They're not willing to fight for both. They're willing to fight for the freedom of X but not Y, A but not B. Right. I mean, and that's like so like we just don't like – and and this is why in a way I, f- I feel like these culture wars are just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, like I just want – to live my life. And I feel like you should be able to live your life too. And we each have like these little places we can go to do that. And then there's this common ground that we're supposed to respect. Right. And, and we don't, there is no common ground. It is, it's that Venn diagram and we're moving further apart. There's barely any overlap.
0: I think, Mike, like my hesitation when you when you brought up the subject of like sacrifice for somebody else's freedom, right? My hesitation is is like, okay, what of my of my own self do I have to sacrifice? And I think that that's I think it's a good pause because we all have to ask ourselves that question. Right. Like and and so like am am I am I willing to put aside a piece of my belief for somebody else's for somebody else's freedom? Right. Am I willing to put aside uh, like am I somehow made less? right and and so again, I, I think it was an unconscious sort of trained trained pattern in my, in my own head that like make, makes me pause and go, "I don't know. I don't know if 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 I would be willing to sacrifice for that in that level. um I'd like to think that that a part of me would um, I think that I think that 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 question ultimately like it comes to like, am I somehow made less right by by putting my thing aside which is which is sort of like i think related to to what you were saying Thomas about the i just want to live my life you ought to be able to live your life why can't we
2: cuz i f- i feel like what we're really talking here about is the use of force i can I, I keep coming back to that you know like it's to be free from f- 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 the use of force upon your person
0: which is why i asked the question of what is force Right, and I think because because I think that the force can be a lot of different things. I don't think that is necessarily just a gun.
2: I don't either. That's why it's like that's the bare minimum. That's like at least like I've never thought about it as the
0: bare minimum. I always think of it. I think
2: as like, the bare minimum it's because got to the point of <laughs> because all laws are enforced by the tip of a gun. Well, the cancel culture piece that we brought up though is
1: right. Is those, a whole that's
2: that's thing. public opinion. Right? like It's a great force, though. It is a great force. But, like, laws themselves, laws which inhibit, if I break that law, you know, even if it's just a fine, well, what if I refuse the fine? Well, then I'm going to have to put you in jail. What if I say I'm not going to go? Then we're going to blow your head off. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no law in this country, no matter how minor, that you will not get killed for. That's yeah, just, it's just a matter of how far you're willing just, to push right, it. Right? Like right, how far you're willing to push it. So, I mean, that's why, like, that's, it's like the whole... You know, all these different things. I'm going to get myself in trouble here and get myself canceled. Like, the whole, like... We haven't even started. Right. Like, the whole LGBT thing. I feel like, as a Christian, people like, well, do you support, you know... It's like, I don't believe those people should have force used upon them. Right? Like, that's, like, regardless of what I think marriage is as a sacrament, regardless of what I think, you know, the proper way of life is for a person what I feel like I'm being asked is like, do you think that someone should force them to live differently? And the answer is no, I do not think someone should force them to live differently. Right. And so like that right there to me is how I can show my common humanity is I don't think that people should force upon them. And I would hope that no matter how you know repugnant they may find my beliefs that they could at least look at me and be like, you know, I don't want that Christian to have force used upon him either.
1: I think there's a, I'm making room for you and, In return, you're going to make room for me attitude there that we we lose in the culture wars. And I could go on a whole tirade about uh, how the culture wars are incredibly profitable for certain groups. But uh, that culture war creates a, a, a system where we're not making room for each other. And literally the inverse of that system is what you just said, is to say, I don't think anybody should force you to do anything differently. And as soon as we start doing that for each other, especially if we're doing that more loudly for each other, I think you're going to see the inverse. I think a lot of what we see right now is is the result of that downward spiral where, like, no, we should stop those people from doing that thing, whatever that thing is that we don't like. Well, but this is a core part of who we are. So, you know, we should stop you from being like you are. It, it just continues and gets worse and worse. And then we'll see who wins. Right. We'll see who can use force the best. Who's got the bigger guns. Yes. That's
2: what it all boils down to.
1: Yeah yeah
2: And I'm against that,
1: like <laughs> yeah you know i I love the idea that you're saying, you know I don't think that we should use force on on anybody to make them live differently, uh you know, in the example you use, I don't think we should be forcing LGBT community to live differently
2: yeah, I don't we got you know I'm a Christian, everyone knows what I believe, I don't want force used upon those people, right, and because they're human beings, and like that's I, what we forget, like when we like we're, like this we're talking about someone. Who I believe is created in the image of God, like and who has divinity living in their heart, that there is something actually sacred about you just because you're a human being, right? And regardless of like whatever differences I have, belief-wise or you know the way we should live our lives with someone, like what I don't want to see is violence perpetuated upon someone else. I agree, and I think that that's something
0: that is. I think that might be the sacrifice that Mike was talking about with the Christian way of life, particularly that the sacrifice that we're making is saying like, we think that this way of life is best and is, and is the only way really. And normally in human society and in human history, uh, when something like that happens, it gets forced some way, Right. Um, and I think that the sacrifice that in a way that the, that the Christian makes is, is that sacrifice of force so that we can't, we can't force somebody.
1: <laughs> when you say makes, you mean should make, should make. Yes. <laughs> I mean, okay. if you, if, That's like, true. That's
2: if true. your God was nailed to a cross as a common criminal and refused to use his omnipotence to destroy those people and instead forgave them, then you as well should probably give up the use of force.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough one to justify when you're like, now we have the power and you're going to do what we say. Oh,
2: all right. It's, it's the temptation, you know, and it's not just a temptation for Christians. It's a temptation for anyone. Yes. Right? Like on the left, you hear people like, well, we just need more love and we need... More tolerance, and we need all these things. It's like unless you're, you know, a dirty, deplorable who voted for Trump, and then we can't stand you, and you're horrible, and everything about you is just a dirty, fil- like, why do you even exist? Right. Which, by the way, is why Trump won because those people who voted for him were sick of being talked down to that way. Yeah. And it's like you dehumanize someone enough, they will, you know, it'll it'll come back. It'll to come you. back, and that's yeah. it, it. Doesn't matter what. Your
1: political ideology is like you cannot dehumanize people and expect them to just take it. I think there's a there's a cycle to that. Uh, you know, like having grown up in the in the Christian sphere, where there's there's a lot of dehumanization of the left as well, and so you have this back and forth. I don't think it just started. And this is diving off into another thing, but like recognizing, I guess, that overall that whole process is a is a cycle. It's it starts with the small things. And then we start to get further and further apart until eventually it's you're deplorable. I'm sick of being talked down to. I'm voting for this guy. I know he doesn't have any of your interests at heart and I don't care at this point because you suck. Uh, and that's not my stance by the way. But <laughs> uh, that the only inversion to that is the sacrificial inversion where you know I'm going to give. I'm going to make room for you even if it's a little uncomfortable for me. Even if I have to maybe like reduce how much space I have so that you can have some space too.
2: The, pro- the problem with an ideological state, which is what we have. <laughs> it is. We're not a state based off of ethnicity or race or religion. We're based off of an ideology. The ideology is found in our founding documents. For that ideological state to stand, the majority of its populace has to subscribe to that ideology. Correct. Do we? I don't think so anymore. Which is why we're seeing just power struggles on the right and the left. Once again, we
0: don't have freedom.
2: We don't have freedom, but then, so, but uh, you know, and I guess thank you for like bringing us back to the topic of freedom. Malcolm. (laughs) I've been waiting for an opportunity here,
0: (laughs) but it was good. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. You guys were in a good conversation, but I think, uh, but to to, to try and to to try and bring it back, like as we, as we come to a close for, for today at the least, and and obviously we're not closing off this topic, right? Because we've only, we've only barely begun. I think Um, there's some things that we brought up, uh, just in our time today that, that definitely need to be need to be continued to be talked about and explored on, on a little bit more of a deeper level. But I think this has been a really good introduction to um, to our topic of freedom, you know, in a, in a whole, um, you know, it, we've asked the question, you know, where does it come from? We've asked the question, um, is it is it something that is in, inherent to our to our personhood? Um, we've asked, we've we've begun to ask those questions of of how does it work itself out? um, between, between people or between groups of people. Um, we've, we've asked the question of what does it mean for an individual? Um, those are all, those are all things that we need to, we need to continue to talk about as we, as we go about this. And one of the things that you guys have have basically brought up is that, um, unfettered or, or a sense of like, a sense of I don't want I don't want to call it freedom. I, I want to call it like a like a sense of like this is the way I want to live my life. Like this is the this is the thing that I'm going to call good, and therefore like you have to you have to acknowledge it. You have to bow to it. You have to let it be. You have to make room for it. Um, and 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 when you when you make a statement like that, like well, the war's already begun, right? Like like you have to do this. So you're you're so again you're saying that like for your freedom to to exist. Somebody else has to be oppressed. Somebody else has to just be okay with it. As long as it's not me, right? But that's and that's the whole reason why. Like I paused, and I when when Mike said, "Like, what if I sacrifice for it?" I'm like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know that I can because I don't because how do I sacrifice for it, right? Because and and again, I think that that freedom when it. When it when it gets into the into those into those places, when it gets into those places like we're seeing it right now, it only will result in oppression. And yeah. historically, I think that that is true. And, and 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 you know maybe there's a historian out there who can like find some place where it isn't true. Um, but I guess I have the I have the benefit of of time on my side.
2: Um, <laughs> you know, luck. It seems to me like like this talk about you know fighting or sacrificing. We're looking at. Like some external force, right? Right? Like we got to go and, you know, stop Germany from taking over Europe (laughs) and, you know, which seems to be a pretty good thing. I'm pretty, pretty happy that we did so. Yeah. But like, that's like, okay, that's outside. The problem now in America is that it's all from within. How do you fight? How do you fight a
0: war? (laughs) what's so civil about war anyway
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's an ideological war that's happening within the country and i would i would i would say it's happening within the boundaries of the country because it's happening within the hearts of the people right like so everything we've talked about really this this episode we're talking about freedom from externals and being able to make outward choices which I don't think that's really what freedom is. We're talking about like being able to pursue things we want. What if freedom is the absence of wanting, right? The absence of desire, the absence of
1: passions, the absence of... The absence of the things that bind you.
2: Yeah, inside of you. But because we're all enslaved to something inside of us and it divides us, we're going to see that division play out in the streets,
0: I don't know that. I think I think something. I think to take away those passions, you'd have to you'd have to have something there. I think it wouldn't be life. I think I think to have that absence of of all those things that you just said, it wouldn't be life.
2: I guess it depends on what comes and fills you once you're empty.
0: Well, yeah, coffee. <laughs> Deep-seated anxiety.
1: Drama.
2: <laughs> 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 oh, I mean, like,
0: I think the, I think, I think the, I think this, this kind of, I want to, like, Mike, you really kind of like put that sacrifice idea into my head now. And now I'm like sort of rumbling around with that. I think, I think that there's a freedom to sacrifice when we're not made less by it. Does that make
1: sense? are we are we ever made less unless we allow ourselves to be made less or i guess unless we believe we've been made less like if, if yeah. i yes, if we i
2: like no that's see i i don't think we are that's the in the freedom as an internal state like i refuse to be humiliated by you like i refuse like when when they uh when egypt was going through all that craziness right and there was a uh, you know they blew up there's a Coptic church that was blown up and all of the, you know, the, the cops they came out and they said, we forgive you because you don't get to put hatred in our hearts and you don't get to put fear in our hearts. That's freedom right there.
0: So hang on. So I agree with that, but I, <laughs> which I, I think I, I want to come back to Mike's question. Cause I think I, I'm not saying I was wrong in my answer, but I think maybe we're sort of, saying the same thing sort of what was your if i'm made less by the sacrifice right i think that's the worry
1: are are you are you made less like can you be
2: made less like without your own permission basically like right are you only made less
1: if you let yourself be made less right like if i if i make room for you on the bus seat uh have i made myself less I mean, I've sacrificed space. I technically have less space. But have I made myself less or have I, in many ways, actually made myself more? By saying I'm comfortable enough and I'm confident enough in the fact that I can survive in this space and I value you as a human to give you some of my space so that you can thrive here on this wonderfully overpacked bus as well. Well, I think that's just sort of like a basic decency thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a terrible example, but.
0: No, no, I mean, I, I, get, I get what you're saying, but I'm not, I'm trying to, I think the, okay, what, what I had started and I had said, we have a freedom that that sacrifice piece, right? Um, that we have, a, we're, we're free to sacrifice when we're not made less by it. And then you had asked—it was, was a weird, like, positive-negative thing.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if I can re—
0: Restate re- the question. We'll yeah. have to go back and listen it, to
1: it. It was something along the lines of, like, basically, are you are you ever made less by sacrifice unless you allow yourself to be made less?
0: Unless you allow yourself like to be made less. Like, someone
1: else doesn't get to make me less than I am. I mean, like, if we go to the classic, like, Christian picture of sacrifice, Jesus, like, nobody would say he was made less— I, am lying. Maybe somebody would say he was made less by uh, being crucified, but we, at least I believe that like that was key to him being made that, like, you know, like he finished the work, right? It, it was, his sacrifice was making more than it was making less, even though it cost him his life. Like I, it's a, over the top. Uh, no, but I mean, it's, it's,
0: no, it's the right example to go to. And I'm, I mean, I'm with you on that. But I think that I think that I think that there. Are, I, I don't have a good example right off the top of my head. But I think that there. I think there are, there are, there are ways where where people try to make less of us, right? Mm. And I guess it's our it's our response to that that could potentially validate that, which would which would come up to your point, Thomas, about the. The church being blown up, the apology given, the you know we're we're not going to let hate come into our hearts here, right?
1: Yeah, I mean
2: that's, <laughs> and that's why I feel like freedom, it's the, is an inner state.
0: It's the paradoxical nature of the sacrifice, right? That the sacrifice is a lessening of oneself for the increasing maybe maybe it's not necessarily the increasing of yourself it could be an increasing for something else
1: well you know like if I if I sacrifice some of my money for a community cause I have less money yes. but I have an enriched community right and so there's a there's a transition that happens there I don't know if that's a good example just kind of popped in my head no, no, it was like everything I say on this podcast. And yeah, like everything any of us <laughs> says. I mean,
2: freedom has to be a state of being if it's anything at all. I'm sure we can dig, dig and poke and do whatever with that next episode. But if, if freedom exists beyond material conditions, it's a state of being.
0: If freedom exists beyond material conditions, it's a state of being. Yeah. It's
2: it's an ontological condition.
0: Okay. I continue to say it's one that we can't, we don't have.
2: I would agree the majority of us do not have it, but that does not mean it is unreachable.
0: It is unreachable. Is it unreachable? I don't know that it's reachable within our own grasp.
2: Within our own grasp without help? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You reformed guys. You just so (laughs) semantically upsetting all the time. (laughs) If the truth will set you free, then freedom is reachable. Do we have to go back to episode 1? to? what is truth? Did
0: we did we get to that point? I mean, well, we I, talked about we talked about how truth a piece of truth comes into all of uh, all of I think all the axioms that we can we
2: can begin to discuss. Like Yeah, let's pick that apart more next time. But that's that's what I'm going with. If if and if freedom's not a, you know, if freedom is not a state of being and if it is not reachable as a state of being, then there is no freedom other than what we can piece out for ourselves in the short bitter lives we're going to lead consuming products
0: you make it sound like there's a spiritual
2: I think there has to be I mean a
0: spiritual aspect to it
2: I mean I think there has to be and I think that's that's why like a pure materialist would be like no there isn't freedom or free will because we're just a collection of you know ephemera atoms that are collected in a certain certain way biological drives but if there is more to life than simply material conditions there's metaphysical reality out there then it has to do with the things of the spirit
0: no yeah. and i would agree because i think that like i said when i think that freedom has it, it, there's something about it that has to be fought for? I wouldn't necessarily say that that fighting has to be with a gun or with force, right? Like, or no. it, it can be. There are a number of ways to fight for it. There I are think a number it, of ways to struggle for it. There are a number of ways to that it can that it can be found.
2: Yes, and I think it's mainly a fight that takes place within us.
1: you silence <laughs> oh it's the worst it's
2: so like a, constant a, listener <laughs> we
0: we have come to we have come to a, uh, a closing uh, at least for this for this episode uh, there are some there are some definite things that we need to continue to to discuss when it comes to freedom Thomas you would say uh, that repeat what you repeat what you said about about freedom being a state
2: I would say that if freedom is going to exist beyond material conditions, then it's a state of being. It is an internal state. It is a place that we reach inside of us, that that is where true freedom lies. Can that be separated from the material? Yes, I believe it can.
0: Mike, is there a piece of what we've talked about that you would like to revisit when we come back?
1: (sighs) Man, I, I'm I'm looking at tension between the material material freedom and inner freedom or spiritual freedom. Um, and I don't know. I'm going to chew on that a little bit.
2: Let me qualify. I don't mean free from material reality in an incarnational sense. I mean free from material conditions.
1: And there's a difference. So you're not a Gnostic is what you're saying. I'm not a Gnostic is what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: uh free from uh, so in other words you can be in prison and still be free yes okay
1: that's i'm going to have to I'm the, that those are the things i'm going to have to wrestle with because i know that's kind of where you're going and i mean i really probably it's just a matter of qualifiers
2: probably so but <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> yes. i'm sure we'll be able to talk about it in more depth
0: um i'm going to th- i'm going to throw this out there um because i don't know that we I think, that, I think that for our inherent being, uh, that we need freedom, that we desperately need it. And yes. That, I, oh, well, thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Proceed. Oh, I think that's, I, I tried to throw that out there earlier and, and there wasn't a whole lot of traction on it. And I think it's something that we should come back to. Um, and the other thing, and this is I'm not saying that I get to, but I think overall, and I think that, that we can agree on this, that um, one of the things that we need to, we need to, to really come to a, some sort of consensus on um, is how this is practically worked out in our own lives and in our relationships.
2: We might not be able to reach a consensus. We can work towards it.
0: Well, maybe that's the best that we can hope for.
2: And respect (laughs) one another's freedom to disagree.
1: (laughs) Do do we make room for each other? (laughs) Would you like my seat on the bus, Malcolm?
0: (laughs) No. No, I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to walk.
1: Wow. Now you're really like blowing the analogy into... (laughs) Constant listener, we appreciate
0: your being with us. We are uh, thankful for you. Uh, we are uh, grateful for your, uh, for your sticking with us. We hope that you will continue to do so. Uh, we are, what would you do if, uh, if we poked you in the axiom? In, axi- <laughs> what would you do if we poked you in the axiom? And we look forward to, uh, to having you with us next time.
1: What Would You Do If We Poked You in the Axiom is hosted by Malcolm Fowler, Thomas Barton, and Mike Dion. Show notes are by Malcolm Fowler. Music by Mike Dion. This episode was recorded at the podcasting studio in the Black River Innovation Campus located in Springfield, Vermont, and is sponsored by Indelible Inc., demystifying the web and digital marketing for your business.